Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is September 1st. It's all in time. Well, it's past all in time. All in is over. Just barely made the time cutoff. This is the Fightful.com post show. If you haven't been to Fightful.com before, check it out. We cover MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. If MMA and boxing aren't your thing, just head on over to FightfulWrestling.com. We have those all separated for you. That way you don't see anything you don't want to see. We have a ton of exclusives. We're breaking news all the time. Constant Raw and SmackDown spoilers. We have the Fightful Wrestling Weekly with about a 1,000 words worth of exclusives every single week. We interview stars every single week. Lots of cool stuff over there. And, of course, post-Raw, post-SmackDown, post-Pay-Per-View podcasts. The List and Your Boy, our flagship show with myself and the owner of Fightful.com, Jimmy Van. If you haven't checked us out, go ahead and do so. Also, if that's not enough for you, maybe you want a 205 Live or an NXT review. Maybe you want some retro reviews. Maybe you want uh, coverage of Ring of Honor, Impact, Being the Elite, Lucha Underground. You want post-show podcasts for those as well or at least wrap-up podcasts. We have our FightfulSelect.com premium service. Just go over there, take a look. I had a feature drop today that I definitely want you all to check out on Fightful.com, but Fightful Select subscribers got it months ago as early access. It's called Making a Finisher. The first subject was Adam Hangman Page, who won with this move, the rite of passage on tonight's show. I delve into the uh, creation of a move, why they picked the move, how they adapt the move, who they can and can't do it to, any any hiccups along the way, any entertaining anecdotes. We really break down the anatomy of a finishing move, and Hangman Page was uh, kind enough to be my first guest. I have Raven with the Even Flow DDT, Abyss's Black Hole Slam, Stevie Ray talking all of Harlem Eats moves, Gangrel talking about the Impaler coming up in that series. So check it out. I am joined tonight by one... Jeffrey Hawkins, we were supposed to be joined by the fellows at Pro Wrestling Unlimited, but some technical issues prevented us from from doing that. They're doing their own show, though, but definitely subscribe to them as 115,000 other people have. Check them out. They are the best in video news and pro wrestling. But Jeff, how are you doing? I'm guessing technical issues may 
right now, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, technical issues may be plaguing Jeff as well. He has not risen yet, but other people on this program did. You know, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Otherwise, I might just call it solo. Jeff, overall, as we test your your beautiful California internet, what did you think of the show as a whole? I thought it was a good um bugged me a bit. Um a little sports, very sports entertainment which kind of me and certain kind of sports entertainment like the TNA gimmicks that I didn't expect yeah, to ever see again. But overall, trash. very enjoyable. You got you to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Uh, all right. We will join rejoin Jeff uh briefly but the show kicked off on WGN America and <laughs> you know I have my own sets of questions about how WGN reacted to this show because quite honestly WGN got about 20 minutes worth of pro wrestling tease commercials one of which I thought was particularly interesting Cole Cabana having to mention that CM Punk's shirts were on there in the middle of a lawsuit then later on he squeezed in Cliff Compton's name but we had Cody and the Young Bucks come out and uh, ask if the crowd wanted pyro it didn't work at first I don't know if that was intentional or not I know that some things didn't go quite as well as as they planned because we had media there for StarCast and for All In. And the guy that we had covering All In, Glenn Moore of the Dinner with the King podcast with Jerry Lawler, said just ab- abruptly, like it in in the sh- during the show, they announced, hey, we're not doing post-show presser stuff like we had thought we were. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that that's wonderful, but uh starcast is was a proven success for for everybody i know that some things were rough around the edges that aired on fight we have an interview up with cyrus fees who does a lot of the broadcasting there but overall i think uh, it's hard to argue that this show was a major success they open up and they bring out road warrior animal who is you know actually a minnesota native but billed from chicago for so many years and uh yeah, I've got a lot of people that are, are trashing fight and all this stuff saying fight did them dirty. They had to make a pay-per-view window, guys. They, this is on traditional pay-per-view as well. It wasn't just fight TV. But you have the, all these Bullet Club shirts in the crowd, and that was a sight to behold, whether it's the Bullet Club shirts or Villain Club or somebody, you know, the custom versions of those shirts. It was, it was just a sea of these shirts, and it was quite an incredible visual. Overall, I thought the show was lit really well. I thought thought it looked different. There were different angles. The red ropes were nice contrast. Something I talk about on the FightfulSelect.com Weekender podcast is how Ring of Honor has adapted and changed to a white ring canvas. It, it creates a bit of a contrast because in Ring of Honor, you've got black ropes, ring post, mat, canvas, apron, skirt, barricade, stage, Jeff, as you've rejoined us, this had a little bit of a different look to it. I like the look. I like the gray canvas quite a bit. Um, I did too. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you asked me my overall thoughts for the show. I, w- I don't know how much of it came through, so I'll just repeat it. Um, I enjoyed the show overall. I was kind of shocked by the amount of, for lack of a better term, sports entertainment in the show, and especially yeah. certain gimmicks like TNA gimmicks that I never thought would ever be referenced on a show like this. Do, but do overall, you mean like TNA wrestling or Tits and ass. Uh, I mean, in the 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 company formerly known as, uh, or now currently known as Impact Wrestling. I was gonna say it's more like DNA on mm-hmm. this show, but 
We'll we'll get to that. Uh, I've talked to some people within Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor made the change to a white canvas because okay. of the contrast issues. And some of the wrestlers don't like that because dirt shows up so well. It's why you don't yeah. buy a white car, white house, a lot of that stuff. But I loved the gray canvas. I loved the production. The crowd was lit well. It it looked really really good on TV. Yeah, it looked really good. The only downside I think was the sound. I think the sound quality was pretty bad for both the commentary and and the crowd. I don't think the crowd was mic'd particularly well, especially when they were standing up and yelling and it didn't overpower my speakers, which I really kind of wanted that kind of feel to it. But the look of it, especially the fonts that they used on like the all in, you know, all the marketing and stuff, I thought was really well done. They had a carousel of commentators throughout the night from Don mm-hmm. Callis, Ian Riccoboni, Excalibur, some guy. The only one that was particularly offensive, I thought, was the fellow who called Cody's first match ever that was uh, on uh, – that called his match. I didn't think he was great. Also, I was not keen on Excalibur dropping the kayfabe, kayfabe line in the middle of a wrestling show, even one that featured Dick Druids. Really? I, th- I thought the guy from OVW settled in eventually. I thought he had he a rough start. Uh, the one, th- the ones that didn't do anything for me were uh, Mandy Leone and Tennille Dashwood on the women's match. That's, that's, those are the two that didn't do it for me. But I thought once, Ka- once Callis came back, I thought the three of them together were pretty solid as a team. Let's go ahead and get into the show. They, they did the WGN America pre-show featured SCU defeating the Briscoe brothers. And, man, SCU were the baby faces to the point to where Scorpio Skies, this is the worst town I've ever been in, it, like, got the New Age Outlaws sing-along-with-me type of reaction. I thought that was great. He's going to get that everywhere now. It, it was a very self-aware crowd, and even if you're, it's a heel move, they're going to go along with it. I loved, I loved the Rocky Apollo Creed matching outfits and then running yes. along the running along the beach uh uh titan tron video so to speak loved that uh this is my favorite match of the show to be honest really? with you. That, that just goes in my personal preferences because i love the briscoes and the briscoes were motivated here oh yeah i one of my fantasy matches in wrestling is briscoes versus Usos. the usos i yeah. want that so bad and i will talk our, our maybe more casual viewers through some of these inside jokes uh, the worst town I've ever been in, that's a running gag on uh, Being the Elite, a web series, which I think is, at least up until about a month ago, one of the most creatively satisfying programming programs of wrestling, period. Of late, you can kind of see it scaled back because they've got shit to do, <laughs> obviously. And they've done a lot of Rocky-style training for this match and for Christopher Daniels' match against uh, Stephen Amell. So Scorpio Sky's gimmick is working, and... As I first saw him like 15 years ago doing a dance along with Human Tornado on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. That's where I first saw back, him. Back and, in the old PWG days, especially. Yeah. No, I remember him too. He looks great here. He looks he looks like he hasn't lost a step in all those years. And, and it's nice for him, a guy like that, to have a career resurgence. I remember they had something out here. Les Thatcher ran like a race for the ring indie event out here with like a bunch of guys and nobody ended up going because PWG was so heavy out here and the advertising wasn't as good as it was, but Scorpio sky looked great in that too. Yeah. And a lot of people will know him. WDB fans as Harold from the anger management skits from the mm-hmm. team. Hell no days, but uh, Scorpio fits in with Kazarian so well, their double team offense is fantastic. Uh, Kazarian does this slingshot Rana to the outside and sky follows with a Topic on Hilo. 
Jay had walloped Sky with a clothesline. I remember that one. It was violent. <laughs> Somebody asked me, they said, I've never seen the Briscoes before. What's their gimmick? And I'm like, homophobic chicken farmers, of course. Uh, I mean, that's, their, that's pretty much their gimmick. That's, they're, that's their they're chicken farmers from Delaware. You can uh, you can uh, use take the other adjective out of there. I mean, maybe, sometimes. Sometimes you can. But it works for them. It's what they're doing. The ring a- uh, apron, or not, the, the ring side area is a little bit wider on this, too. Thought that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Thought that was good. It it made it look just a little bit more different. And, uh, man, like you said, the Briscoes were motivated, and they are one of the great teams in wrestling. And they are personalities. Like, like they have the Delaware chicken farmer gimmick, but you don't point at them and say, those are Delaware chicken farmers, Here's- but you know there's something. Here's the other part of the gimmick. Mark's the dumb one. Jay's the angry one. And then so, but even so, I mean, Mark, Mark uh, as a heel is also dumb and angry and he does vicious types of offense. So it's, it's, it's pretty darn great. And, and trust me, this gear is a step up from say the Confederate flag gear of the old days as well. Indeed. A couple of cutters hit, then dragon sleepers in stereo Briscoe's claw their way out. And get the uh, redneck boogie on Kazarian for two. A Jade Driller and Froggy Bow almost beat Kazarian, but Scorpio breaks it up. And this fantastic finish mm. where the Briscoes went for a doomsday device, but Kazarian turns it into his old flax or uh, flux capacitor move. Beautiful finish. It was, uh, it's possibly the most pretty tag team finish I've seen in the last couple years. It was. I watched that. I w- I had to rewind it a couple times. I went, "Wow, that was that was nice and and clever and really got this crowd up and and going." It was a perfect choice for an opener. I would have probably put this on the, as the opener on the main card. To be honest with you. So I mentioned uh, WG in America. We were able to spoke speak to Cody Rhodes. Uh, Fightful was this weekend and asked him about. You know, there's a lot going on with WGN and Tribune and Sinclair, which is Ring of Honor's parent company, and. I had Andrea Hanks ask him, like, what kind of role did that play? And he said, well, it was kind of wild, but we had to sit back and just be ourselves and not be political. He said, if we were Ring of Honor, we might not have gotten on here. That, that's the situation. Because we were three guys doing this, that kind of removed us from the political situation that was involved in Tribune and Sinclair and WGN. Because many people expected WGN to be the home of Ring of Honor. Jeff and it would have been great for them too and it would have been great for Ring of Honor or for WGN too and WGN's also been in the wrestling business before and gotten burned when the WWE had the show on on there multiple times I believe yeah Yeah. Uh, they did that with Blast Off and I think with what superstars or main event I think it was main event but yeah you're right they they did it with Blast Off back in the 90s too Alicia Mm -hmm. Atout is with Kenny, Kenny Omega backstage and there's really nothing notable about this besides they don't have a mic and Kenny goes, what are you doing? And Alicia is standing like with her legs spread to make Kenny look taller. And he goes, we don't do that here. I thought that was a nice shot at WWE. But uh, we also get a look ringside at Fat Ass Masa and El Chico Loco, which get great pops. Yes, El Chico Loco, a uh, local product around here. Yes. Um, also, uh, I believe Mark Warzeka, our my friend, is involved with that as well. And yeah, no, it, you know, it's, it, it's a being the elite, the elite show. You're going to get yeah. characters from that. And I'm fine with it. Badass Masa is basically bullet club sponsor pays for a lot of their meals and stuff in Japan mm-hmm. is on the show. El Chico Loco, just quite frankly, 
rakes them over the coals every chance he can get for money. ROH title shot on the line over budget battle royal. I'm a sucker for battle royals, and I got to say this didn't start off promising. But my God, I had a blast watching this damn thing, Jeff. It's it's one of the more enjoyable battle royals I've ever watched yeah. because I mean, you you had such a wide diverse group of characters in there. So from- let me talk about this son of a bitch, Shane Helms. <laughs> The Friday before the Royal Rumble, we're talking about, like, wrestling Sid and stuff. No mention. At 5.15 p.m., he sends me a text message and says, hey, can I get a signal boost, which means, like, a a retweet on the David Schultz tweet that I just put out at StarCast. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, 45 minutes later, the guy's in a battle royal at All In. He can't give me any scoops. Dalton Castles on commentary gets a great reaction. Bully Ray joins, yanks people out of the ring. He puts, uh, <laughs> was it El Chico Loco that he put through the table? No, no, it was, it was, it was, of course, uh, no, they never really mentioned who it was. I think they may have mentioned him. Uh, I, thought, was, I thought he was dressed up as that, but either way, Trent close. saves Chucky from a beatdown. Uh, <laughs> this is just a brawl starting, starting off Marco Stunt. Is having himself a month. I love need, this guy. We need to talk about having Marco stunt in this thing with Cheeseburger in the same battle royal because they're the same guy. No, come on. <laughs> come on. See, Marco stunt might be the worst thing that ever happened to Cheeseburger. You know how I often mention the worst thing that happened to Heath Slater and Rhino was James Ellsworth? Yeah. The worst thing that happened to Cheeseburger might be Marco stunt because Marco stunt can do some unbelievable things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Cheeseburger can do those things like that that code breaker that he hit twisting in the air on cage was miraculous but uh ethan page also does a really nice step up rko Uh, the best friends took out the zombie princess and ethan but got eliminated by punishment martinez rocky romero does his clothesline spot where he runs from corner to corner to corner and it's very clear that bully ray had no fucking clue what was going on so Romero clotheslines him, and he sells it anyway. I love that 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 shift there. That was that was a nice pivot. I thought. I think he and Billy Gunn were trying to communicate on that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite clear what was going on then. Uh, Cage F fives cheeseburger out. <laughs> Punishment Martinez and Cage. These are two sirloin beef sons of bitches certified. Mm-hmm. If Punishment Martinez were ten years younger. WDB yeah. would be foaming at the mouth. And when I've interviewed this guy, he said, man, I wasted a lot of years thinking I was just big and I could get away with that. He said, as soon as I got serious and changed my attitude, things happened for me. This guy, if you all haven't watched the sprint that he had with Marty Skrull a few months ago, oh, yeah, unbelievable. The things that he can do are insane. He is incredible to watch. I, I'd put him above Cage in that regard. And I like, I like Cage, but man... I love Punishment Martinez. What I love more is is our boy Shane Helms hitting the choke slam on both of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, on your Punishment Martinez note, I, I think Moose should take care to 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 watch what happened with with Punishment Martinez and really get on the ball because he was on WWE's radar too until some things happened and you know it was like well he had a chance to go anywhere people thought he might go to New Japan. I think Moose still has a lot of potential in there, and uh, 
one other quick thing. Ethan Page deserves a contract somewhere soon because that guy, I thought he carried half this battle royale in terms of story and being the heel in it. I thought he was fantastic here. I I know WDB would probably want him to to lean out a little bit more. That's that's the only real knock you can have on the guy. And that's that's the, the cliche one that I always see. But, I mean, they signed Cassius Ono. More to be a player coach, but Ethan Page is such a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Dreamer brings in some weapons. <laughs> Marco Stunt comes after Bully Ray, but the guns save him. Now, Billy Gunn is an ass man, so it's a little surprising that he has a kid. Right? Don't throw that to me. Just, just don't. Right? Don't do <laughs> Come on, give, give me a nickname. You know, there are a lot of people who were like, okay, Austin Gunn's only in this because Billy is. I thought Austin did, did just fine in this. But it was good. I didn't. Was, I, was, I had never seen him before. So he I contributed to the match. He wasn't yeah. just fine. He contributed, and that I liked. So <laughs> He's an ass baby? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Marco Stunt <laughs> gets heaved out by Bully Ray. Billy Gunn got eliminated by Cage. Austin Gunn got tossed by Bully. Jordan Grace gets a great pop for de- tossing out Cage. I love that she was involved in this as well. It was good to see. They, they highlighted women very well on this show tonight. You talk about someone who's working their ass off to get in better shape. It's Jordan Grace. I've been She's got a better hug over as a finish. Yeah, uh, it's funny because when I saw her, she was working a ticket table at, a, at, a, at, the, uh, at the Rise show. She wasn't even on the card. I was like, yeah, be kidding me, but no, I thought she was fantastic here too. I hope she she gets on somebody's radar after this. You want to talk about a future power couple? Her and Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham, I think, is mm. one of the great workers in America right now. Yeah, that guy because of his size doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. But he, I enjoy watching him every week. I turned on an episode of Ring of Honor TV to cover on the FightfulSelect.com Weekender podcast. Subscribe now, and it was him versus Kushida. And I had to go get the damp rag from my forehead. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. So <laughs> Bully Ray pushes Jordan out, but not before Colt Cabana and her do the was up headbutt to Bully Ray. Nice, fun spot. Really fun spot. Cabana gets eliminated by Bully Ray, and a lot of people expected Cabana to win because of the Chicago connection. I love that they teased that and they didn't go through with it. I thought that was nice. It was a roller coaster. I liked the roller coaster. The luchador that Bully Ray had put through the table emerges and tosses Bully out. It's Flip Gordon. He's on the show. I had a ball watching this match. Yep. Crowd went nuts for Flip because they had all because half of them had at least watched Being the Elite. So they knew he wasn't on all in yet. I love that they went the extra mile and had him schedule a viewing party for all in and then cancel it and have to yeah. give refunds. No. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was, uh, I don't think they, I thought he still made it. Oh, did he still make it? I yeah, didn't even see that I part. I think he, he still made it. Hmm. That's fantastic. That is fantastic stuff. And and they were they were dying for it to be Flip Gordon. So, you know, give the crowd what they want. Great hot, great, great end to go in directly into the uh, pay-per-view. Wait, did you mean Flip, Flip, like Flip's viewing party, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shane was doing one as well. Oh, was he? And, yes. <laughs> But uh, you want to talk about two guys. And that they misspelled Gordon. Yes. <laughs> <Which killed me. laughs> 
you got two guys here and Matt Cross and MJF. I first learned who Matt Cross was 15, 16 years ago because of a backyard wrestling video game that Kevin Gill was a part of. Yeah. It was him and Josh Prohibition, and I fell in love with the stuff they did on that game. And years later, I see I see him on Tough Enough, and he he was the ringer that Moose kind of was supposed to be, mm-hmm. which it's, it's wild to think of how different those two are. But everybody was like, sure, it's going to be Matt Cross. He's incredible, and they got him out quickly. He's made such a name for himself as Son of Havoc. The stuff with Ivalice and Angelico is some of my favorite stuff in recent years. And then you got MJF. And there are very few people that I'm comfortable with interviewing in character. There's Matt Hardy in whatever character he wants. There's like Silas Young, and there's fucking MJF. They did a disservice to themselves by not giving him a microphone before this match. Agreed. He should have healed the crowd. But, man, this was good stuff. How can Matt Cross still do these things as long as he's been doing them? I love that they're clowning him about the gray hair while yeah. he's doing them, too. I'm just like, dude, I'm saying he's old. That would be bad. I, I don't know. I thought I, I'm a little bit uh, um, anti-you here. I thought this was a poor choice for an opener in terms of the style here they they it was you know it's a great character versus a great in-ring worker not that mjf's a bad worker it it was just one of those you were kind of expecting a hot opener and you didn't quite get there after a high-paced opener for sure yeah yeah i thought this could have done really i see i'm pretty sure they didn't want to open with the women for the criticism they would have gained by opening with the women and then after that, it's like, well, what do you open with? You can't open with Cody and all this. You could maybe open with Hangman Janela, but that's so that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking they were going to open with. Yeah, and you can't open with uh, Lethal and Gordon because Gordon's got to rest up a little bit, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or make that transition. But I like the match. I think MJF is a surefire star. Uh, I don't know what kind of deal he has with MLW, but if I'm them, I hold on to him and. With yeah. with whatever I can, dude, uh, dudes who can talk like that are rare in today's wrestling, and that's what makes your money in wrestling, in my opinion. Still, not the great matches in the ring. Your mouth makes your your money. So he's we're, gonna be- we're at the point where a lot of guys that like that I talk to don't want to interview in character because, that, quite frankly, it's tough to keep it up. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can ask him questions from a shoot perspective, and he'll still give me an answer that's in between. And and that that's what I can appreciate about a guy like MJF. Twenty two years old is that guy, man, man. Matt Cross deserves to be on this stage. I'm so glad that uh, he is. He had a really big crossbody. MJF landed a double stomp, then did this package shoulder breaker that I just loved. That was a nice move. Cross wins with a shooting star press. Uh, I missed the first part of this match due to streaming issues. But uh, that was that was a concern. Honor Club crashed initially. Fight mm. crashed initially. They got him up and running, so that's a good. good I, time. on the other hand, had no issues with my stream today. I, I ordered it off of PS4 on the store, uh-huh. and 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 it was great. I was so happy I didn't go through fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, I, I work for him sometimes, so I was trying to trying to show him some love. Well, DirecTV didn't have it. Otherwise, I would have DirecTV didn't have it. Yeah. yeah. I, I did look because that's always my first option. But Christopher Daniels defeated Stephen Amell. By the way, guys, I have my match ratings up for these in the morning. Go check them out, complete with explanation of those ratings guide. 
Jerry Lynn refs this. They called him the new refing show, those sons of bitches. I love that Amel used the Bullet Club theme. I just love Amel, who has FU money. Putting his, body, putting his body on the line like this and being insane. I mean, he, he's not the best wrestler in the world, but he's not trained to be. First match ever. First singles match ever. First singles match, because he had the one with Stardust in WWE. He did one in um, ROH, too. That stuff, yeah. No, but... Uh, and I'm happy he lost. I, I you know what? It, it, it's Should. nice. To, it's nice to put the wrestler and and to say, look, he's been skilled and trained at this for years. It's nice to do that as opposed to giving the feel good moment, so to speak. But look, Amel doesn't have to jump off of a turnbuckle to the outside through a table. If you okay. if you watched some of the pre show stuff that, that they did with all incoming and all us and being the elite, they'd sort of positioned Amel as as a heel. Mm-hmm. And Cody being like, ah, you need to hold your horses, buddy. This is Christopher fucking Daniels you're dealing with here. This isn't some scrub because Christopher Daniels would talk about how he went into the acting world through Waterworld and is learning from actors and stuntmen. And Stephen Amell thinks that he can just jump in there with a former pro wrestler or with a former world champion. And Amell's like, oh, I can. And he was getting really, really full of himself. I thought that outside of some footwork stuff and some basic instinct stuff, Amell for a first match had an outstanding first match. Oh, and as far as celebrity matches you've, I've ever seen in terms yeah. of a guy who hasn't trained all that long. I mean, you, you, you look, and there's, there are a few selling issues here and there. Yeah. Some footwork issues, but man, you cannot complain about what he did in this match. I thought he was great. Amel, for example, was way too close to the corner and on a best moonsault ever, but this is right after he had hit a coast to coast. He takes a, Back suplex in the moonsault variation where he t- where he doesn't tuck his chin. He leans his head back and lands on his chest. Styles hit an Arabian press moonsault. I mention this on the weekend or every time I see Daniels wrestle. For everybody that's complimenting Jericho for being able to put on great matches, Daniels is doing it every single week. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit older. And he's never stopped and taken a break. Uh, Lynn, Jerry Lynn gets in Daniels' face. <laughs> and Amel punches him right in the penis. This is after Daniels baited, clearly baited Amel into jumping through a table ringside. I like that because he very clearly like laid himself on there yeah. and did it subconsciously where he could point at it later and say, I made him do that. I, w- I wish they had put that over on commentary a little harder. Yeah. Because it, what it seemed like was a contrived move as opposed to strategy. And I wish they had looked- put that over a bit. It looked like the time when Bully Ray just got hit and then fell over, like walked over to the table. But for Daniels, it's the veteran outsmarting the Mm -hmm. rookie, and that's what I like. Uh, (laughs) Amel reverses the Angels' wings, almost gets the pin, but Daniels wins with the BME. I didn't think this was a great match, but it was Stephen Amel's first match, singles match ever, and if we're grading on a scale, it's one of the best celebrity singles matches in wrestling history. It might have been five minutes too long. Uh, Excalibur yeah. steals my bit of saying Chekhov's table, which <laughs> I love. But overall, I mean, look, and Daniels, I thought, was really good in this match, too. Don't don't just shade him just because he was in there with an actor. I, I oh, thought he, he was, was great. great. He carried yeah. the match. Mm-hmm. I got to heap praise on this women's match, man. This mm. was laid out fantastically. Tessa Blanchard defeated Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, and Britt Baker. I consider Tessa Blanchard, Chelsea Green, and Britt Baker three key pieces of the future. I don't know that Madison Rain fit in here, but she fit in just fine. 
I mean, if I if if I were booking this show, I probably would have had Tennille Dashwood in that spot. Madison Rain's having a very underappreciated year, isn't she? Because she's been well, in ROH, TNA. She, she's doing all those things. But, I mean, <laughs> there hasn't been anything that, that's stuck out to me, and I've been like, oh, I got to see that. I think she's only 32, which is Yeah, just... well, that was the confusing thing about the impact push. They put her over Tessa Blanchard twice. They would say, oh, she's this fiery underdog. She wasn't even supposed to be a wrestler. Then they'd say, six-time former knockouts champion, and she's beating everybody. So it was a little confusing. But I, I thought oh, the rain did I thought the rain did great here, as did everybody. I I was a little put off, and I, I tweeted this and got a little bit of blowback from it with the, the hot mess Laurel Van Ness character, even though it wasn't Laurel Van Ness, and just you know the half and half stuff and and kind of the thing. Cause I thought I thought they were gonna try and make us more of a statement with this match, and they eventually did. But in terms of counterbalancing what WWE is doing with their women, I thought it was gonna come out here and be a little bit more straight than that. And then when Chelsea Green came out with the Laurel Van Ness character, so to speak, but you know she works that on the Indies. I've seen it on the Indies. I guess it's the most recognizable part of it. But I I really thought they may have may have been a little bit too cute by half on that part. But I really liked. Tully and Magnum being out there for Tessa's entrance. I thought that was very, very cool. Great moment. I like mm-hmm. that. The, the Chelsea Green thing, I think it was built as she was half Laurel Van Ness, half Chelsea Green. Yes, that's what yes. it was. It was like the two-faced character. And yes. The two sides were battling with each other, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was a good move. I thought any character additions on this show would be good. She does a oh, lucha okay. arm drag, <laughs> and uh, really played it up as like the the – drunk rock, walking the tightrope thing and then got just mauled by tessa blanchard she got hit freaking hard dude they yeah was lined over the top rope and since tessa's been power lifting those shots are a lot heavier these oh, days yeah. tessa body presses rain over the top onto brit and chelsea suicide dive from chelsea and then there was this happy accident on the tessa dive where she got caught but it added extra rotation and they caught her anyway that looked really good with how that happened. And yeah, then, I, I held my breath a couple times on those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Madison Rain does this dive, and I don't know if you saw the Brandy Rhodes dive on this week's Ring of Honor TV, where there were six guys that were supposed to catch her, and yeah. not one did. Yeah. These three women caught Madison way better than those six dudes caught Brandy. Mm-hmm. You'll notice Brandy didn't take a dive tonight. No. <laughs> but, um, one of my favorite spots of this was Chelsea Green doing the broski boot. Okay. That got a good reaction. <laughs> I thought that was a nice nod to everybody who knew. And to everybody who didn't, they're like, oh, the drunk girl's doing the broski boot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there was a Britt Baker ripcord cutter, and then Blanchard does this half Nelson flatliner. Rain hits a tornado DDT. Green with the missile dropkick. Uh, Green does the unprettier. But Blanchard flies off the top rope with a Magnum, which is the code breaker. Almost got the pin, or Rain almost got the pin on Blanchard after she does a crucifix hold bomb. And then we go into the finish, which was... What did you think of this finish? Was it supposed to happen like that? Was it broken up? It was... I think it was supposed to be broken up. I, I do. And I think it just came down as three and they just called it. They should, and, Which is what they should have done in the main event. Yeah. I agree. Ironically. So Blanchard barely escapes an unprettier and won with a hammerlock DDT. This was a good match, man. This was 
I, I would argue probably the second best match on the show in my estimation. I would I would agree. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, I thought it really did well, especially for, for me. I'm I'm really trying to watch this as something that would get eyeballs for not just the people who know, but maybe casuals who want to come back and go, okay, let's see what wrestling outside of WWE is really like, because this has a bigger platform than ring of honor. It has a bigger platform than most TNA pay-per-views. And I really think it did wrestling uh, women's wrestling quite well in terms of a showcase. I thought it was a really good match. Well, I, I was put in perspective and I, I do have people that I talk to from a very casual perspective that will, that I just, I bend their ear about things and, and mm-hmm. I want to find out what they know about. There was a guy that I, I met for the first time this week out with some of our friends from Denver. He said, do you know about this PWG? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know about it. He goes, battle of LA. And I'm like, yeah, I know about it. And then we were talking about wrestling and he's like, yeah, my friends always talk about this Marty Skrull guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. So you never know what names are, are being dropped and, and who can discover what that maybe haven't discovered any wrestling. This might have been the first wrestling show that a lot of people ever give a chance to. Yeah. And be, and because of the being the elite show on YouTube, because I guess being a YouTube star is better than being a TV star in this yeah. day and age. NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, this is also Cody's Ring of Honor on, on the line. Cody is flanked to the ring by Brandy Rhodes. Diamond Dallas Page, Tommy Dreamer, and which was the bigger jaw dropper? Pharaoh the Dog or Glacier? <laughs> Had to be Glacier. Had to be. Yeah, I expected the dog. I didn't expect to learn in the last few weeks that Glacier was Cody's strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> Man, I guess you got to be strong to push through that gimmick. He defeated Nick Aldis, who was joined by Jeff Jarrett. Sean Devari, super random, and Tim Storm, which I totally enjoyed. Yeah, I liked that. I like that the NWA champions are kind of repping the company, so to speak. I, I, I always kind of did, and I like that. I liked the juxtaposition of track suits and and suits. I thought yeah. that was really cool too. Who yeah, was the guy with the? I didn't even think about. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Who was the guy with the gloves? I don't know. I'll have to find out. I didn't know who that was, but I liked Tim Storm. I, I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for Tim Storm, Storm especially what he did on the ten pounds of gold stuff that Dave Lagana was doing. I thought they did a great job with him there, and it was nice. You know, it's kind of like in those old like Memphis when when uh, Smoky Mountain and USWA were feuding. You know, you, you put your differences aside for the good of the federation. I, I really, it's a nice little old school touch there. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting Jeff Jarrett there though. Yeah, it really wasn't. Without getting too much into it, if you all want to check out my thoughts on the NWA and Tim Storm thing, I had a long-form feature called From Old to Gold, and I interviewed a ton of guys about that. Tim Storm went from the guy that I sarcastically wikipedia to find out who the NWA champion was to making me give a shit about that championship again. And Dave Lagana has done something special, and Billy Corgan has done something special, and not in the, hey, we're going to draw four or five million fans on a show or 10,000 to an arena thing, but just from a good content way. Somebody mm-hmm. in the chat says, why Glacier? Glacier was a close friend of Dusty Rhodes, and Cody uh, has retained that friendship. This match, yeah, it's it's a Nick Aldis match. What, do you, what yeah. are you expecting out of Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes? It was a good, a decent to good match, but the crowd was hot. 
the crowd was not going to let this match fail, Jeff. I think the crowd knew how much this match meant to the people involved with it, and they were there for it. The crowd wanted the moment, and yeah. they weren't going to let anything even... I I found the match itself a little clunky, to be honest with you. And I, I Magnus is Magnus slash Nick Aldis is always one of those guys who I thought was going to be far bigger than he was once he left TNA. I thought I thought WWE was going to just grab onto that guy because he missed WWE big. by a few years, didn't he? Yeah, because like exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm, big, good looking him and Rob Terry. I think those were the two that I always oh, thought yeah. WWE would always pick up on. Got to pass a piss test, brother. <laughs> very true so the moment and i had a lot of people saying this is really predictable and i'm like not if you followed the nwa title over the last year it was predictable that nick aldis was going to smash tim storm and win that title the first time they faced he didn't tim storm beat him and they ran it they ran it back Uh, so also there was also the question like will cody like not want this on there like is it you know what I mean? Like the business. Is he man. too high? Is he too high profile for it? Can they afford him? A lot of All those other things. I, I really expected there to be a dusty finish here. I thought yeah. that Cody was going to win and they were going to reverse it. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. Both guys trade holds. Cody hits a suicide dive. All the suplexes Cody on the floor, a double crossbody separates them. Cody catches is caught flying over the top with a big elbow from all this. Mm. And they had to kill some time. I don't know what happened. I'm going to speculate maybe Cody forgot the blade. Yeah, I think he lost his blade. <laughs> lost his blade. <laughs> so Davari comes over and pushes DDP, gets in the ring. DDP slides in. Now, this is one of those things. I don't know if they were killing time or if it's a part of the match. have no idea, and I like that. Almost like the Josh Barnett, Jay White thing a few weeks ago. Like, I don't know if they were killing time or if it was meant to happen at the time, but it worked. It got an insane reaction. Kept the crowd hot. Well, it's funny because I thought something had happened at first. When they had the X up and he wasn't moving, I'm like, okay. But when you saw his his head was under the, the tablecloth, I went, okay, he's looking for a blade. He can't find a blade. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the stalling I thought was okay. I was expecting, I mean, even more chicanery. I thought Jarrett was going to get involved with this, I too. too. I did, too. I thought they were going to set up something for the 70th anniversary show with Jarrett like Cody versus Jared or Aldous versus Jared. Cody fires up, catches Aldous with the gold dust power slam. Aldous throws Cody off the second rope with a fall away slam. Figure four applied, but Aldous reverses it. Cody's back is hurt, but still does the Alabama slam. I really love that his offense is largely comprised of people he has adopted things from throughout his career. I think that's a nice touch. Aldous... uh, (laughs) Hits a power bomb and then does the clover leaf. And I really think in a pre pre match video package, they should have hammered home that that's his finish. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was his finish. Exactly. You cover wrestling, you've seen it, but you don't know that it's his finish. Mm-hmm. Aldous pile drives Cody, and then Brandy covers Cody up, but Aldous is already airborne. A beautiful elbow drop. I thought I didn't know Aldous had it like that. I loved the amount of heat this got with this crowd. It was great. Everybody I loved was Brandy, like, man. I, I good for her for doing that because she is a look again. I always I put her over huge because she had a job for life that she could have kept even exactly. if Cody had even if Cody had walked and she didn't. She left. So anything she does, 
is spectacular, especially the army outfit later in the uh, night. But uh, yeah, the she's heat, an important part of that act. She's yeah, a real great manager. But I love that the crowd was playing their role here and really got on uh, all this about this spot. I I liked that. Yeah. I think that she is way closer to a manager than a valet at this point because yes. she's so involved. Mm-hmm. A disaster kick and crossroads, but Aldis kicks out. But a series of reversal leads to Cody winning with the bulldog pin, the Leo Burke finish, whatever you want to call it. And the crowd was like, they almost paused. Like, is this it? Is this the moment? But it was a great moment. And I posted a picture of Cody and both Dusty with that title. He had the the hair dyed blonde for the blade job. And it looks a little bit, a little bit more like his dad like that too. What'd you think of the finish and the moment? I liked the deep. I, I always liked the deep uh, cover with the roll up. I, I, I the leveraging because it makes sense to me because it, it looks it looks real because you know it it could be real. Um, I was I really wanted as opposed to the women's match when they had the four person hug. I really wanted a little bit more of a ceremonial post match this to put it over. Maybe with maybe even with Magnum and Tully coming back out you know, as a tribute to Dusty, but you know, I liked it. I, I, I thought, you know, I got a little welled up. I'll admit it. I, I, I think it's great that he wins the title that his father held. I, I, it's, it's just such a nice thing. And especially on this show, it's the right moment to do it. I thought it was great. I did too. And part of me wondered like, will Cody, cause you know, that people are going to say, I've already had people saying Cody booked himself to win. And I wondered if he wanted to be, sort of exonerated from that that type or or absolved from that type of uh dis- type of criticism. Love this. The, I didn't think the color commentary was great as I mentioned. And they followed it up with a banger. Chicago Street Fight, Adam Hangman Page defeated Joey Janela. They get an extended video package. <laughs> well, it's Hangman Page. The package is extended. The story of this match is to fill you all in. Adam Hangman Page famously feuded with famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan over who had the best dick. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This led to Adam Hangman Page going into a craze and murdering famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan on Being the Elite with a telephone. So this match starts. 
They trade suicide dives, but I love that while Janela does it, he flips off Hangman. Did you catch that? I didn't at first. <laughs> I have to go back and see that. Clever. I did not see that. Paige uses a moonsault, then Fallaway slams Janela on a chair. Then they bust out an actual Cracker Barrel. This is amazing product placement. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love that they kept putting over. Oh, and they also catered our lunch. <laughs> thing. Yes. Um, you know what? I'm going to make a quick note here before we go into the rest of the match. As much as you didn't like the color commentary on the on the Cody match, even though they did, they did reference the uh, Alabama Slam as being the move of his first tag team partner that he won the titles with. I thought it was great that they put over Joey Janela's spring break, which to me is the precursor for this whole thing with All In. The one guy who's entrepreneurial goes out there and is doing his own shows and is really putting together a talent roster that wants to work with him. And is one of those kind of fun shows for people in the know. I think both Joey Janela's spring breaks are kind of the grandfathers to this all in. So I thought it was really nice of them to put that over hard. As do I. And Joey Janela lost in New York just a few weeks ago. That got Marco Stunt booked on this show. I thought it was the SCI tournament that got him booked on. I, well, they didn't announce it until after the Janela show. Okay. And I think that, that that really, really helped. I'm sure some credit will be taken where, where it can be. But <laughs> yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Paige has turned inside or turns Janela inside out with a buckshot lariat. Janela recovers and just kills Paige with the Death Valley driver in the corner. <laughs> That's not going to be the most violent Death Valley driver we see. There's a ladder bridge between the apron and the rail. Well, it wasn't really a Death Valley driver. It was a torture rack slam onto the ladder. Unbelievable. And that wasn't even the craziest spot we saw. Penelope Ford was made to look very goddamn good in this match, too. She was awesome in this match. And Perfect. especially, you want to you know how hard it was, the stuff she was doing? Look at her shoes that she's wearing. Look at those boots yeah. and, and her doing flips with those things. That was, I. I <laughs> he had one chance to make a great first impression with probably hundreds of thousands of people, and perfect. And doing the Matrix thing too. That she's she was great here. It was outstanding. She flips out of the way of a hangman clothesline and hits a leaping stunner, and then this giant body press to the outside. Then Janella flies off the top with a huge elbow through the table. Thought that was a creative way that the Penelope stuff to get Hangman on the table. Mm-hmm. I'm always you. You look for ways that can transition in and out of it when you're setting up spots. And how can you get somebody on a ladder and kill all that time? How can you get somebody on this table? That was a great way. The rite of passage, which you can hear all about at Fightful.com, making a finisher, the first edition. Mm-hmm. It hits, but Penelope breaks up that pin. Penelope has a bag, and it's got the cursed boots of Hangman. The cursed boots of Hangman are because the boots that he wore when he killed Joey Ryan had Joey Ryan's blood on them and started talking to him. The boots did. They're the haunted. Boot. Yeah. So he freaks out and super kicks Penelope. <laughs> he eats one of the super kicks of the year from Joey Janela, I thought. Really good one. Yeah, I liked it. I, I just I thought after having Brandy take a shot, I don't think you need to have another man on woman shot here. I think yeah. I think the timing of that was a little bit bad, but boy, both of those were sweet, I thought. After this, you you set up this ladder in the ring. There's a table in the ring. 
<laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hangman reaches in and he finds the phone that he killed Joey Ryan with and blunt force traumas Janela with it and then hits right of passage through a table. ladder through the table. One of the most incredible ladder table spots I've ever seen in my life. Breathtaking this spot. And Great it's not finish, the end. <laughs> but it's not the end. I thought this was going to, I thought Hangman was going to lose. I thought he was going to be one of the BTE members that lost. But that spot, Jeff, I'm just glad Janela's okay. Yes. That's <laughs> insane. I watched that number one and went, I hope he's not dead. And number two, when he kicked out, I went, oh, this business. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Sometimes I just don't know. Did he kick out? Um, I thought he I th- he got he got pinned off that. Oh, he got he pinned got off pinned, that. Yeah. Okay, then then we we passed by the uh, the table spots in the uh, up uh, in the uh, aisle way there. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. So they were on the stage. I completely forgot about it. Oh jeez. and Janella set up two tables, and Hangman ends up power bombing Janella off the stage. Well, mostly off the stage. Through about one quarter of one of the tables, and Janela lived. And I screamed. Those two I, spots probably don't even rank in the top five craziest things Janela's ever done in his career. No, no, they're not. But I thought he had missed, uh, not totally, but I thought he had really rammed his head on that shot. And I thought he might be really hurt there. That thing, I rarely audibly scream, oh my God, during a match in the comfort of my own living room when I'm alone. That got one out of me. Unbelievable. And then the lights turn <laughs> off. <laughs> and we see it on the Titan Tron. Joey Ryan. And we see something. He I'll just say this. He has risen, Jeff. The the uh <laughs> the Cyrus resurrection. Resurrection. Yes. Was famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan is resurrected, complete with penis druids. Now, now just let me tell you guys you're not going to need dick druids because I got your dick resurrection right here. Bluechew.com is here to help you. You don't even have to wait until Easter to be resurrected. BlueChew.com will get you ready to go. BlueChew is a chewable tablet that just gets you going, my friends. And if you use that code Fightful, you get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA active improved or approved active ingredients rather. Oh, you will be active approved. That's for damn sure. The same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even if you're dead, apparently. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. You don't have to sell out a 10,000-seat arena. To use this, I mean, you can, you can, if that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge, okay? They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew ships direct, 
They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Like I said, right now we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free. Use our special promo code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And let me tell you, you will be better and faster, my friend. Well, maybe not faster. You might go. You might go 60 minutes. You might have somebody begging you. Go home. Go home. We got to wrap this one up. It's too much. I can't take it. BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Penis Druids, Jeff. You know, Jim Cornette's been yelling at a good guy by the name of Dan Barry all weekend about how much he's ruined the business. Jim Cornette's rolling over in his grave for <laughs> penis druids, but I found this so unrepentantly stupid, I enjoyed it. What because... do you think that a WGN America executive thought backstage at this show walking past a penis druid? <laughs> <laughs> they probably asked, what are you? And they probably said something like, uh, uh, I'm a balloon animal that's going to walk down the later. I'm not a penis. No, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fat ghost. That's what I <laughs> I really hope that when Joey Ryan wins a world title, if he ever does, that penis-shaped balloons fall from the sky. So... <laughs> Condoms. <laughs> We're well over time, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're covering this whole show appropriately. This is going to be able to be aired on Being the Elite. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson told Fightful.com this weekend that really the only thing they can't show is New Japan in-ring footage because TV, Asai, owns that footage. Mm-hmm. But says that pretty much Ring of Honor and New Japan just go along with whatever it is that they do. Joey Ryan isn't on either roster, so they really push the envelope with this. Hangman doesn't necessarily do... All the dick stuff in Ring of Honor in New Japan, but this is phenomenal. <laughs> this was just, this was a moment. <laughs> ROH World Championship. Black Machismo Jay Lethal with Lanny Poffo defeated Flip Gordon with First Lieutenant Brandy. Poffo is out with Black Machismo. I thought that was very cool. Uh, of course, you all remember the Black Machismo Jay Lethal gimmick in TNA Wrestling. That is brought back as a split personality gimmick on All In where he essentially gets like tapped on the shoulder and he turns. Lethal (laughs) sees Brandy at ringside as Black Machismo and walks her around the ring like Randy Savage would. Yeah, now that you say that, I feel a bit better about it because I pushed back against it at first because I go, look, Jay Lethal's getting one of the bigger showcases he's ever had on this yeah. show and he's done so much since TNA to try and make himself legitimate in ROH in terms of being a main event kind of cocky badass that he could be. I thought this was a bad move when I watched it, but you exp- cuz I don't watch Being the Elite every week, so I didn't know that at the time. I guess that's good. I just I I I pushed back when I was watching it at first. So some people had some problems with it because of the accusations that Taylor Hendricks made about. Oh, that's right. Jeez. And I, I reserve my judgment on that because if you all followed her Twitter feed today, that day, she was having a very lively Twitter day. So how that will unfold, I don't know. And I'm going to reserve judgment until it does unfold. But either way, this match was not for me, man. It just wasn't my kind of match. And I'm not a, I'm not you a. Know big, what, what, was it the tribute match aspect of it that wasn't for you? 
I, you know, I wasn't big on that. I'm not big on Flip Gordon, although I saw a match mm-hmm. with Silas Young this week that I thought from a ring psychology standpoint, he had grown an awful lot. It seems a lot like he's waiting for the next spot to happen, like all the time. That could be. And eventually he gets torture racked by, by Jay Lethal. It just wasn't my thing. The Star Spangled Sling Blade hits, then a Samoan Pop Shooting Star Press set up the Tornado Press that he does. Lethal gets the cutter and the lethal injection for the win, but this wasn't my deal. You get the feel-good moment after that when Bully Ray comes out and uh, Colt Cabana makes the save. Cabana, lethal, flip, powerbomb Bully through the table. I, I could have went completely without seeing this entire match. Start to finish. It's just how I felt. Yeah, but it made more sense to be on an all-in card with those two being part of the show than MJF and... Uh... And Matt Cross, who weren't really a part of that show all the time, but uh, no, I mean it was okay. It wasn't, but but it didn't uh, didn't burn the house down. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think the MJF Matt Cross thing was a way to give them. They wanted to give some people a platform, yeah. And I thought that was the right thing to do as well. Up next, this was my match of the night, and it's probably not even. It might not even rank in Kenny Omega's top ten this year. And I've I've often called Pentagon Jr. the most overexposed, underexposed guy I've ever seen. He's not in WWE. He's not in New Japan. He's not in Ring of Honor. But he is everywhere else. I watched. I, I thought I saw him empty the cupboard over the last week over like a couple matches with Sammy Callahan and Brian the Callahan Cage. Match, yeah. <laughs> and the cage match. They were very similar. But this was very good. And this was a match that you can't see anywhere else. And that's what I liked about this card. Skrull and Okada, junior heavyweight versus heavyweight. The main event, a six-man tag you can't see. Cody versus Aldis, it had a, I don't want to say, it had stakes to it. This is Kenny Omega who wrestles in two promotions, but none of which that Pentagon does. And then Pentagon who wrestles everywhere but the places that Omega does. And, uh... I thought that Omega didn't really do this match a great service on BTE when he kind of joked like the hardcore guy from TNA. I thought that was kind of eh. But Omega, I think, kind of quickly did away with that when he did like the playful slap and then Pentagon beat the living shit out of him. I think that was the way to establish it. Like that guy's on your level. No, I agree, and I think this is one of the more, for lack of a better term, mature Pentagon Junior matches I've ever seen in terms of it didn't rely on a lot of his, for lack of a better term, smoke and mirrors in terms of brawling and hardcore stuff and things like that. It really relied on some good chain wrestling, uh, some nice dives, some nice athleticism. I, I I really enjoyed this match quite a bit. Um, we were kind of wondering whether or not we were going to see big match Kenny. In, in, in this kind of match, and, and we, we we did. So I thought, uh, you know, and for a first match, I thought they did quite well for themselves with each other. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Rise of the Terminator, but then Omega gets knees on a moonsault, comes back with a Tornado DDT and a springboard body press. Uh, I don't like that Pentagon fed his leg on the cross-legged. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like and it's something you used to see with the pedigree. People would put their arms back, make that person take it, make them take it. But Omega follows up with the Snapdragon. You get a powerbomb lung blower from Pentagon that doesn't stop him from eating a V trigger. 
Omega does the powerbomb, then rolls Penta up, hits another knee. And then the Pentagon Driver, I think one of the great wrestling moves in the world right now. That is just such a a nice but compact and quick looking move. But I love that when Pentagon didn't get the pin on stuff like this, it's like he didn't have the pin secured or it was nonchalant. There was a reason for Omega to kick out, Jeff. That and man, I am amazed because I've watched a couple of these package pile drivers, and I swear there were at least two times that they each dropped the other on their head. And Holy I crap! And I was and I was scared to death about. It. I went, oh, they, you know, like that. It was just, whew. but yeah, no, you're you're right, and I like that kind of logic. I like those little types of details, where especially the one after that, where kind of uh, Pence is kind of just laying on the back with the with the leg draped, as opposed to really sinking it in. I, I like that. So I've got people in my inbox right now from WWE who are watching this show. That's very interesting. Hmm. And and they, is it any surprise they pop for the penis druids? I love it's it. Such a, it's, it's, a, it's a Vince joke. <laughs> a gaggle of penises, they say. Mm-hmm. Gaggle is a term that I do not use nearly enough. It's one of those terms that people, they're like, should I be offended by that? But they don't well, have a reason to be. Well, I'm wondering what the official term would be for multiple peni out there. You know how you have like a murder of a gaggle, a gaggle of penises, a gaggle of penises. Okay, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Pentagon busts out of a one-winged angel attempt. Uh, but actually, before that, there's a <laughs> there's a fear factor on the apron after that Pentagon driver, and it looked murderous jeff this was violent nasty healthy pentagon busts out of a one-wing angel and breaks kenny's arm quote unquote and does a fear factor but it's a two after a lazy pin and then omega does one of his own a spinning one that i thought looked really really good yeah well (laughs) it looked it looked brutal yes that's one of the ones where i thought the head had hit the mat on that one i just went okay yeah that was a little close. Omega sold the arm wonderfully throughout all this, I thought. Chase down Pentagon with a V-trigger. One-winged Angel gets it done. What did you think of the match overall? I know you thought it was uh, mature. What do you think about the, the win for Omega? The thing about the beauty about this show is, for most of this, the winners and the losers don't really matter. It's more of the performance. No, but he has to. I think he has to win as a IWGP champ. I don't think you can lose and then because then everybody's clamoring for. Well, shouldn't Pentagon then go to New Japan? Shouldn't they sign him there? No, I, I was fine with this. I thought the match itself was was great. I don't think I. You know what? I thought it was the perfect amount of time too. That's the other thing is that for me, long Kenny Omega matches sometimes go on a bit too long for my liking. I thought this was the perfect time. Lights go off for a while. <laughs> Chris Jericho's in the ring dressed as Pentagon. This is, Surprising. by all, it looks like the first time he has performed in on U.S. soil outside of WWE. You know, you got the OVWs and shit like that that he's done. But, I mean, it, it seems like his kind of rules have changed because he had always said he wasn't going to do that in the States. For anybody, I think, got, I think he got an exception. I think he got an Maybe. exception because it's a plug for the cruise, as opposed to a plug for a, another stateside New Japan show or something like that. Also, Chris Jericho told Vince McMahon about this show. 
Yeah. He said as much and said that Vince McMahon told him, oh, I probably, I wish they would have told me because I would have told them that September is the toughest time to yeah. run a show. I'm sure, I'm sure he would have called up with some, some fatherly advice for all in. Look, look guys, September's really tough to market a show and, you know, do you need any help with any audio or anything? And then he'd probably have booked the arena the night before. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, they ran the Shanghai show with John Cena debuting the new move. Well, they did that in Nashville. Um, yeah. 89, the, the night before uh, Music City Showdown. They they booked the Rumble and then they took their, or they, they booked a show there, a house show, and they took way too long getting out. They had difficulties uh, tearing down for some reason. Thought this was a good match, good angle. Mm-hmm. Set up some stuff. Okada defeated Marty Skrull. The story behind this is Marty Skrull in New Japan is a junior heavyweight. Okada is the greatest heavyweight ever to live in Japan within at least since the IWGP championship was created. And for weeks on BTE, he would talk to you know legendary cruiserweight Rey Mysterio. He would talk to Zack Sabre Jr., who was a cruiserweight competing as a heavyweight. He would talk to former world heavyweight champion Jack Swagger, and they would all say, it's Okada, you're fucked. And that was the story. Before this, you see the two fellows from BTE that denied Marty his recording contract, and he breaks their fingers. So there's some continuity there. This really didn't get cooked until the end, Jeff. For me. Yeah, I... I've been lucky enough where I got to see the rebirth of Marty Skrull from Party Marty to the villain at the aforementioned by Excalibur uh, Battle of Los Angeles 2014 and a little bit prior to that. And it's really been great. Those first few kind of, you know, that first six months to a year was really great. And then to me, a lot of his matches just got a little repetitive with the finger breaking and the chicken wing and the comedy. But the second half of this match really picked up after the uh, after the spot with the Rainmaker versus the Umbrella. This match really became something really cool in a David versus Goliath sense that I really really liked. The only drawback I kind of had here was that commentary kept putting over the new move he was using, the education, and then it never never paid off. So it was like, well, what's the point of telling us that if we're never going to see it? But other than that. This is one of Marty Skrull's better performances this year, I think, other than maybe the four-person junior at uh, the New Year's show. I do year. love the the Punishment Martinez as I mentioned that earlier. That match was just, whew, it's one of my favorite 10-minute matches like ever. Marty gets a Tornado DDT for two after Okada had kind of bullied him around, tries to trade strikes with Okada, but learns that that's not going to work out too well for him. But when it gets serious is when Skrull hits a brain buster. And you can see it on Okada's face. This guy's for real. I got something here. And I love the way that, I mean, that's Okada. Transcends language with how he can tell a story with his eyes and the absence of any emotion in those eyes. Yeah, because he kind of has that, for lack, of a per, for lack of a better term, derp face until he gets serious. It's like this is beneath him. Every match he wrestles is beneath him until he realizes his opponent is really good. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Now it's on. It's really, and it's almost like instant 
and you see the moment and it's like, okay, now it's going to be peak Okada in this match. And it's really cool to watch. So later on, after after an avalanche brain buster hits, we really get cooking. He's, he's starting to hit a lot of power moves on Okada, which shows that he can do it. Now, you know, back in the day, they would say things like, if you're a giant, work like a giant. That's completely mm-hmm. out the window these days. Yes. It's now, if you can do it, just do it. It's LeBron James can run the point. He's not told play like a small forward or a power forward just because you look like one. He's running the point. Kevin Durant, seven feet tall. He's running the ball up the court. Shit changes. Wrestling changes too. So Marty Skrull, who is this small guy, he can get Okada up for this stuff. Do it. I thought it looked really good. There was a shotgun drop kick for two. And uh, Skrull stops the Rainmaker with the finger break. And this was one of the best spots of the show, I thought. Yeah, that's the appropriate time to use the finger break. I I think he needs to back off on that occasionally. But at a big climactic moment, bring it back. And that was awesome. (laughs) He also does his own Rainmaker. (laughs) Did you, the, the, the pop from the crowd on that one got me. I was like, wow, they were really into that. And they really thought that might be the finish. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and the they went in and out of the crossface chicken wing. That was a move when I, I tweeted the other day about how Owens did the stunner on Raw. Mm-hmm. What moves do you all want to see brought back? A lot of people said crossface chicken wing, and I'm like, that's Marty's move now. He's made that his. Skrull just wallops Okada with an all-in umbrella and does a rainmaker of his own, as I mentioned. Oof. And the match had finally picked up, but Okada ends up hitting about three rainmakers in a minute and gets the win. This got so much better at the end. Uh, but for me, I, I think it could have been better at about four or five minutes shorter, but still a, a good match. I think he tagged him with that umbrella too. I, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> I, he did. That. I just went, Oh, I thought his ear was bleeding at first, but yeah, no, I, I and, and you know what? It's interesting watching these two work. And I don't think you're ever going to see that in new Japan. So it's also, again, another kind of dream match thing. And I thought, you know, the, the, you know, it's a little bit, it gets a little bit plotting when you do David versus Goliath and Goliath is just, you know, is a big show type, but when it's an Okada type and he's so athletic and you can see how like the John Woo drop kick would affect a smaller guy like a Marty Skrull. It's really sure. kind of awesome to put over the moves. So they go out of this match immediately and yeah. start doing the entrances. They were short on time, which really begs the question, why did they extend that Rey Mysterio entrance? My God, they sent him out like 20 seconds after everybody. I was wondering if they couldn't find him. <laughs> I mean, it was that kind of entrance where it's like, we need to go now. We need to go now. Where's Ray? Where's Ray? Oh, he's probably getting the last, you know, stretch in or a drink at catering. Or No, you're up now. You know, you, the, the music's playing and you're trying to throw him out there. Because, I mean, towards the end of this match, you could hear Rick Knox literally yell, it's t- time go to go home. home. And, yeah. and this was about seven minutes before they went home. Mm-hmm. They were saying go home at about what ten fifty two Eastern. Yeah. Oh boy. So <laughs> Bandito gets his ass kicked real proper. Golden Elite defeated Bandito, Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio. By the way, Phoenix tags in, does like a quintuple springboard arm drag, and then they get this face off that I hadn't even pondered. Kota Ibushi and Rey Mysterio hadn't even thought of it. 
And then as it happened, I go, oh, shit. And this this is not 2008 to 2016 Rey Mysterio. This no. is back in shape, wearing the, the not wearing the big knee braces and pants Rey Mysterio. The Rey Mysterio of 2018 is a fun Rey Mysterio. He was, but you remember the last time we saw him, he had gained quite a bit of weight. And uh, it was kind of showing here a little bit. The one thing that I noticed, this is, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna get into uh, just how different the indie style is today versus way back in the day. Do you remember ECW One Night Stand, where the ECW crowd wanted the old Ray, and they got the six one nine doing Ray, and they booed that out of the building. Yep. Here they wanted everybody wanted to see the six one nine. Yeah. So it's an amazing how time changes things sometimes. Also, Ray's not like super overexposed these days. That's he's not, true too. He's not on TV all the time. So uh, Cody Ibushi and Ray Mysterio is a singles match I would have loved on this show. But oh, yeah. given Ray's injury history, I kind of understand it. They face off and immediately get holy shit chance, but that is a match I want to see now. <laughs> and I didn't I never it never crossed my mind. And that's a match that you can really only do at all in. And maybe New Japan can put it on somehow. That'd be good. Uh <laughs> Ibushi uses those great moonsault knees on Bandido, and then a double Pele on he and Phoenix. I I say this every week on the Fightful Wrestling or Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Nick Jackson has some incredible technical prowess from with his kicks. As a guy who used to teach kickboxing, man, he does a lot of things right. Turns the hip, uh, flexes the foot out with the instep, gets into them, uh, doesn't doesn't he does everything the right way. And even with high flashy kicks, he manages to make them look great we have our dives that start and they're as breathtaking as ever one of the jacksons does a cannonball off the stage then they do their buckle bomb kick one of the more brutal ones i've seen that was they, a violent one they nailed bandito on that it was sure a bandito or phoenix on that okay bandito. Then you know bandito, what? go ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna put over bandito here huge because i think he was the star of this match i thought that he triple was triple cure Rada? yes I mean, he Ooh. was the guy who, who was the least touted out of all these six, and I think he really had a nice night tonight. I do, too. I do, too. My God. Racing's Matt and the Nick, but Matt caught the 619. Phoenix does this rope walk kick to Matt that was just magnificent. Walked over, booted him in the face. It knocks Matt off the apron, or knocks Matt back down. He eats a 619 and a Mexican Destroyer. Bandito and Phoenix take out Nick and Ibushi, and a frog splash from Ray can't pin Matt. Bandito almost wins with this fallaway moonsault. And what I mean by that is it's a moonsault fallaway slam from the top rope, Jeffrey. That's a moonsault I only thought of with like action figures when I was a kid. Yes, this could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. And it didn't, luckily. <laughs> but I watch that. I go, he's not going to. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's one of those moves where you're like, do I tuck or do I put my head back like that? If you're the guy giving it. You know what? You're exactly right. When you had like G.I. Joe's, you'd have that like put it together. That you'd, Top like, heavy. Flip. Yeah. Top heavy and it could just send them over like that. But humans, man, they got joints and stuff. Benito tries this headstand and get super kicked then we get a golden elite style more bang for your buck which was very clearly supposed to be the finish but it wasn't 
Phoenix broke so? it up and they went into the Meltzer driver for the win. I really think that more bang for your buck was supposed to be the finish, like the big fireworks display at the end of the show. Oh, I don't. I think this match probably was supposed to go three or four longer minutes than it did. No, no, I meant Meltzer driver was going to be. I think the Bucks and Ibushi, just me speculating, wanted that to be the finish based on the, the cuts they had to make. Oh, okay. And then when Phoenix broke it up, they were like, shit, Meltzer driver real quick. I think uh, they said they went off the air with three seconds to spare. They, yeah, when they were going off the air, I don't know if you've watched this, but uh, Riccoboni was doing his outro and couldn't even get out his name before the end credits were out there. I mean, it, it's weird because I was half expecting a uh, uh, oh, what's their, firing squad running somewhere yeah. in this show, and I, I didn't get it, but uh, I think that's a good thing. But yeah, no. Everybody was like, well, no, they have another half hour to go. No, no, no. They had bought four hours exactly of pay-per-view time, and they had to be there. Uh, usually most people would go about five minutes under so that they were certain that they were under the limit, and this one was right at the last second. They got every penny's worth of that pay-per-view. They sure did. And so StarCast is going to continue tomorrow. We're looking to get more content there. I will have more behind-the-scenes, all-in news on Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. Of course, myself and the founder of Fightful.com, successful j- businessman Jimmy Van, he's able to <laughs> kind of give you some insight on that type of stuff Wednesday on the list in your boy. But I also have uh, exclusive news every week in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. That drops every Friday morning. Our buddies over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited cover it on their channel. 115,000 subscriptions strong. And, of course, you all can get early access to news. You can get all kinds of podcasts at FightfulSelect.com. That's the extra stuff. Maybe what we give you on FightfulWrestling.com isn't enough. You want to see this hair just a little bit more. FightfulSelect.com is where you can get extra stuff. But it's also where I review Being the Elite, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling. I do an injury report. I talk some exclusives from the weekly I do Q&A podcasts over there, just a ton of stuff. UFC rankings, breakdowns, a lot of extras there. Uh, we got a fantasy football league over there. We're going to do hockey, basketball, baseball, all that good stuff. But, Jeff, this show overall, what – when somebody says all in, what do you remember? Like maybe a few years from now, what do you think you'll remember? It's the biggest independent wrestling show of all time, and it was a major success. For now, and hopefully I'll be saying, and it was the precursor to this other giant independent show or this new boom over here that put WWE on its heels a bit or something to that effect, because I think, I don't know if they're going to do an all-in too. I hope they do. Um, but right now it's it's historic. It's much like the, uh, the uh, what is it, the, the wrestling the LA sports arena one in 94 where, or 95 when worlds when, uh, collide. Yeah. Basically when worlds collide, when, uh, when Bischoff saw the luchadors and decided yeah. to sign them all. The, but, the uh, our bar Nitty Guerrero versus world wrestling peace fest or something like that. Oh, That's okay. That, yeah, yeah. 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 Man. It's, it's just such an unbelievable achievement to do this because, and you know, <laughs> When they said Ring of Honor was going to Madison Square Garden, I had tweeted, I was like, I don't see it as that big of a deal because I didn't think they were going to sell it out. A few days they sold it out. Quite frankly, 
I would feel as impressed if they sold out a 15,000 seat barn. If they sold 15,000 tickets, I'd be just as impressed. But now you've got two shows, over 10,000 seats that have sold out. That's that's incredible in this landscape. And, and the other and the other thing that really hasn't been played up as much as it probably should be is how much of a assistance that Ring of Honor gave oh, yeah. these guys for their infrastructure for broadcasting and things like that. Media too. We we dealt with Ring of Honor people, yeah. which could be good and bad at times. We didn't find out there weren't going to be any post match pressers until the show was on, and we hired freelance people to be there for it. So that was a little disheartening and a little confusing that, you know, I'm glad I didn't make the trip there to cover this as media and then be told that when I get, at, get to the venue. And there were people that, did, I mean, some people were there at StarCast and all that stuff. And I would have liked to have went for networking purposes and content purposes. But other than that, I like doing this post show. But yeah, the, the infrastructure stuff, I think they can get away with letting Ring of Honor have more of a hand in that moving forward too because this one was okay it's cody and the bucks and i think the more that they do it it'll be more like you know how game changer wrestling and fight have more to do with the janela shows right i i could see that i, I could see there being a little bit of envy though with ring of honor too. go hey look they got True. a bigger show than we ever got here but right now ring of honor is kind of sitting in the catbird seat with this whole madison square garden thing and they're gonna have to, they're gonna have some battles here as to who gets the credit there, them or New Japan. I mean, it's gonna be one of those types of things. So I, I think New Japan's doing so, or uh, Ring of Honor's doing some great things, kind of being altruistic here. I'm gonna be interested for how long they're gonna do that, though. Based on the attendance of the recent New Japan shows in America, I think that they should probably back off the uh, credit taking. I mm-hmm. don't think that, to be honest with you. I think that you know, the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega probably have as much, if not more, credit to take for MSG selling out with people not even knowing if they'll be on it. That's I mean, true. I was told by people who work for WWE that MSG and Ring of Honor was a big reason they welcomed Hogan back. Mm. Because he is synonymous with Madison Square Garden. And that MSG and that move that Ring of Honor made was a big reason why they were all of a sudden like, you know what, Matt Riddle, we've had you on ice for a couple of years. Why don't you come on over? They didn't. They don't want that. They don't want to run the risk of anybody putting any substantial number of asses in seats for anybody else. And you'll always have people say, "Well, WWE doesn't care." What's yeah, they do. They've they've their business model is caring about other people, squashing them and taking what they can out of it. That's just the way it is. And the counterculture created not just by Ring of Honor or New Japan, but by these three guys and Kenny Omega, I think, is a big piece of it, is kind of cool. It That was always there, but you had to respect the intelligence of the, the demographic you're targeting, and they did that. Let me give you a couple exit questions here. Most okay. surprising person who didn't show up on this show in any capacity. Who didn't? Oh, man. Shit, man. Who would you say? I, you know what? I am a little shocked because he made the personal appearance yesterday that CM Punk was not on here in some capacity, even though Cabana's on the show, but just even like a hello or whatever, a quick cameo, maybe a ring introduction. I'm not because of Cabana. Uh, okay. 
So I think and I'm a little shocked by the fire, the firing squad or Neville not even being on Neville. here. Either. Neville's the biggest for, because of the mentions from Cody right. and the bucks and scroll this week. I didn't think they would tease that unless it was there under the radar one, Matt Taven, because I felt okay. like ring of honor would be like, Hey, put Taven on the show because ring of honor loves Matt Taven. They love Matt Taven for better or for worse. They love Matt Taven. And I thought that would be a thing that they were kind of just like, you know, here you go. Do this. Second exit question. Out of all the people on this card, who got on the WWE's radar? You think? Oh my God. Uh, MJF probably, if they didn't know who he was, they know who he is now. Okay. Uh, But then again, (laughs) WWE was pretty aggressively going after contracted MLW guys for a while. Chelsea Green has been on their radar. There were just some issues. Britt Baker has been on their radar. So, I mean, I don't think that she emerged. Tessa Blanchard, if she wasn't, <laughs> she just signed with Impact. She would have. I th- I don't know about WWE, but Marco Stunt got on a lot of people's radars on this show. Marty Skrull, if he wasn't already. Because what he, about Hangman Page? Hangman Page has been. I know. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, he's, this is one of those big match opportunities. He he was really in. And I, I thought this was much better done than even the long beach, new Japan show with him. And, uh, yeah. Bandito could have bandito could have, uh, Grace possibly Jordan Grace should Jordan. Grace. see most, the thing is most of the people are like, so obvious they should have already been MJF should have already been on their radar. Jordan Grace already should have been on their radar. Ethan Page should have been Ethan on their Page radar. Ethan Page should have been on their radar. Uh, Skrull is one I look at because, you know, his girlfriend's in WWE now. Yeah. And he's he's such – he's an entertainer. And him being a cruiser, a junior heavyweight, not that small these days in WWE. But I look at him and I'm like, yeah, him too. I know Janela wants to be. He, he very clearly talks about – uh, his desire to wrestle for WWE. But yeah, if I were to name three, mainly I would say MJF, I would say Jordan Grace, and I would probably say Skrull with Bandito right there. Mm. It was a good show. It was a fun show. It was a long show, it felt like. did feel long. I was starting to get a little weathered, but all in, you guys. Fantastic stuff. If you all didn't check it out, I le- I made the most recent FightfulSelect.com Weekender, a uh, free edition to preview this show, but you all can check out the other stuff. If you all want to preview the FightfulSelect.com service, I have a full playlist on YouTube.com slash Fightful that you all can check out of uh, free content from that. Dark match commentaries, previews, lots of cool stuff there. FightfulWrestling.com. It's where to be, my friends. We have a contest running right now. Leave a substantive comment on uh, any video. You can enter as many times as you want on YouTube. You can win a DVD prize pack. Jeff, what do you got going on this week, and where can people follow you? You can follow me at Game 13 I have a show called Shake Them Ropes over on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Uh, this week, it's uh, more of the same in terms of turns of Braun and Becky, but uh, for those of you who listen to any of the StarCast podcasts, uh, let me know which ones were highlights for you. Cause I'm kind of interested in listening to some of them. 
I'm thinking some of them may be retreads. Like maybe the War Games one may have some nice nuggets in it. I was kind of interested in that one. But if you listen to any of those or watched any of those, like the Meltzer and the Torch kind of combination one kind of interests me. But let me know what your highlights were at Crap Game 13 on Twitter. And then I'm occasionally over here again um, doing post pay per view shows. If you guys aren't able to subscribe to Fightful Select, do us a solid. Just any Fightful story you see, hit that retweet. Leave a comment on the story. Engagement really helps. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Or most importantly, just let people know you like Fightful.com. Why you like Fightful.com. Even tag our buddies at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. I want to thank you guys. This was a 90-minute show. I expected to go about 60. But this was a special night, special podcast. Until next time, my friends, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.